0: Hey guys, I recently started a new podcast called Dr. SCP. It features high-quality original stories that portray unique encounters with different SCP entities, those of which are described in detail on the SCP Foundation database. To check out the Dr. SCP podcast, you can find the link in the episode description or search Dr. SCP in the search bar on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Now time for the story. It was sophomore year of high school, Prom was about two months away. I was pretty good at football, so I guess you could say I was in the more popular crowd. I never really forced relationships and women usually just came to me. I heard from other people that Sarah wanted to go to prom with me. Sarah was in the same grade as me. She was such a beautiful girl that even seniors wanted to date her. I knew that Sarah had just gotten out of a long relationship with another guy named Trent. He was a freshman at our high school and was a little off in a way that's hard to describe. There was gossip in her school that there was something mentally wrong with him. Because of the recent breakup between Sarah and Trent, I didn't really want to ask her to prom. All of Sarah's friends badgered me relentlessly to go to prom with her. They assured me everything would be fine. Even my guy friends told me I needed to grow a pair and ask her to prom. Finally, one afternoon, I intercepted Sarah in the parking lot and asked her to prom. She was delighted and I went home feeling like I was on top of the world. My feeling of euphoria faded When I opened a Snapchat notification on my phone, it was Trent. He was trying to add me on Snapchat. I thought I couldn't just ignore him, so I added him back. Immediately, I received a Snapchat message from him. It read, "'So I heard you asked my girlfriend, Sarah, to prom.' I quickly replied, "'You guys broke up a month ago.' He didn't respond back to me. I dreaded running into Trent the next day at school. I just felt so bad for Trent. I started to think that it wasn't even worth going to prom with Sarah over this nonsense. The next day at school, I didn't see Trent anywhere. I usually passed him on the way to a few of my classes. I thought it was odd not seeing him. I asked around and found out that he never made it to school. I was relieved that there was no chance of running into him. My relief was crushed by a new Snapchat notification. It was Trent. This time he sent me a video. I didn't even want to watch it. I tried to think of what the video could be, but nothing came to mind. An hour went by and finally I decided to watch it. The video was of a shooting range. Trent was recording in one hand and had a pistol in the other. The caption said, this is you. He proceeded to fire multiple shots into a target about 20 feet in front of him. I was shocked. I thought I was in a movie and that this couldn't be real. I told my friends what I had witnessed and eventually word got around to the whole school. I was called down to the dean's office. Multiple teachers and faculty were there. I told them everything I had seen. After telling them my story, my phone buzzed in my pocket. I thought to myself, oh no, here we go again. I pulled my phone out. It was Trent again. I told everyone in the room that Trent sent me another Snapchat video. They all gathered around in anticipation. I opened it. The video was of a crematorium. The footage showed a body on a conveyor belt on its way to an incinerator. The caption said, this is you. Everyone in the room, including myself, were horrified. Immediately, the principal put the whole school on lockdown and called the police. Trent was later arrested by the police. Trent was never charged with anything, but our high school expelled him. I figured out that Trent's grandparents actually owned a crematorium, and that's where the footage came from. I still ended up taking Sarah to prom. She was just too beautiful to pass up. I never did receive another Snapchat from Trent and hope I never do. The year was 2011. I was in eighth grade at the time. My homeroom class had just finished lunch and we were on our way to sixth period math class. The cafeteria and the main school building were separated. So we always had our homeroom teacher walk with us after lunch. We had to walk about a quarter mile outside to the main school building. As we were walking, I noticed our teacher received a call on his cell phone. It was very brief. After the call, I noticed that all the blood rushed away from his face. He told us in a frantic voice that something serious is happening and we need to hurry to a classroom. He started to jog with all of us in quick pursuit. Our homeroom teacher was usually a pretty laid back guy, so I knew something wasn't right. He led us to an empty classroom that I had never been in before. He told all of us to get low and hide beneath the desks. He proceeded to cover up the windows, lock the doors and turn off the lights. I crouched under one of the desks in the back of the room. A kid named Michael sat down next to me. I thought to myself, come on, anybody but Michael. Michael was a strange kid. He was really shy and no one really talked to him. He also smelled like rotten eggs, which didn't help. A lot of my classmates made fun of him. My friends often joked around that Michael would be the one to shoot up our school. I was always kind to Michael, but I never went out of my way to talk to him. After a few minutes sitting next to Michael, I wanted to gag. The smell was so horrid. I looked around, trying to find any open space to scoot over to. It was at that moment, Michael whispered to me, "'Hey, you don't have to sit next to me,' I whispered back, I was just looking for more room to spread out my legs. That's all. He replied. I knew you were trying to get away from me. Nobody likes me. I didn't respond. He continued to whisper, but don't worry. You've always been kind to me. You are not on the list. I shuddered in fear. The list? What did he mean by the list? I asked Michael if he had anything to do with this. He just shrugged and smiled at me. Michael was sitting with his legs fully extended with his hands pressed against the floor behind his back. He moved his legs inwards, probably to get more comfortable. It was at that moment, I saw a butt of a gun slide outwards from his pants pocket. Michael quickly caught the gun and pushed back in. He looked around to see if anyone noticed. I quickly glanced away and pretended I didn't see anything. My heart was racing. I didn't know what to do. I thought of tackling Michael or even texting for help on my phone. I also wondered if there were more people other than Michael involved. The answer to my question was answered. I heard the sound of an exterior door into the school being forced open. Footsteps started charging down the hallway. It sounded like multiple people. My heart dropped. I thought these had to be the other students involved in the plot. The footsteps were getting closer. They stopped right outside our door. They tried turning the doorknob every which way. I thought this is it, the end of my short life. The door was kicked open and a full SWAT team rushed in. I looked at Michael and he had a surprised look on his face as if this wasn't what he was expecting. Long story short, A student had made a threat to the school. The authorities found out it was Michael by tracing an email he sent to one of our teachers. The email talked about a plot to shoot up the school. Michael went to a juvenile detention center and I have no idea what happened to him. Our principal told everyone that Michael had a fake gun on him. I thought there was no way it was fake. I believed the principal knew the truth but didn't want the public to know. To this day, I still wonder if there were more students involved in the plot. I guess I will never know. It was the middle of third period math. I had just finished my test. I was done before anyone else, so I decided to use the restroom. The bathroom was right across the hall, but it was closed for repairs. The next closest bathroom was on the second floor. On my way there, the bell rang. I thought that was odd because there was still about 20 minutes of class left. The bell never rang in the middle of class like this. After the bell rang, an announcement came over the PA system. We are entering lockdown. This is not a drill, please follow all procedures. My heart nearly stopped. I froze and I didn't know what to do. I could hear the faint sound of sirens in the background. I knew that going back to my classroom wasn't an option because the doors would be locked. I decided to continue to the second floor bathroom. I arrived at the bathroom, but I realized the main door didn't have a lock. I left and ran further down the hall. I could see classrooms turning off their lights and covering their windows. At the end of the hallway, I turned the corner and saw a janitor's closet. Now the sirens were much louder. I decided the janitor's closet was my only option. I pulled the handle and sighed in relief as it was unlocked. I closed the door behind me and made sure it was locked. I turned the lights off and crouched down in the far corner of the room. The only light I could see was from the bottom of the door. The sirens were loud now and seemed to be right outside the school. Suddenly the sirens turned off. Then I heard footsteps, a lot of footsteps. The footsteps led up the stairs and stopped in the hallway right outside my hiding spot. I heard the sound of radio chatter and figured these had to be police officers. One guy in particular sounded like he was in charge. He said, Okay, are we in position? Another guy responded, Yes, sir, the suspect is here in the building. C team is in position on the other side of campus as instructed and B team is covering all the exterior exits. There is no way he will be able to escape this building. The guy in charge said, Good, he must not escape. It is my fault he is here and it's my duty to deal with him. Over the next couple minutes, I heard the muffled chatter of police officers talking to each other. I thought maybe the situation died down and I could leave the closet and go back to class. That's when it all happened. I heard one of the officers yell, don't move and put your hands in the air. A moment later, I heard what sounded like guns being drawn. About 10 seconds of silence went by and then I heard a loud scream that came from the end of the hallway. It wasn't a normal scream. I had never heard anything like it before and hoped to never hear that sound again. I pressed my ear against the closet door and heard a distant whimpering sound. It was the sound of a crying man. I then heard him say, "'Please don't take me back there. "'I don't want to go back. "'You guys won't get away with this. "'What you guys are doing to us is illegal, "'and everyone will find out about it.'" The man in charge said, "'Now, now Jim, you signed the contract. "'That was the deal for your early prison release. "'You need to come back to the facility "'and finish up your treatments.'" I thought to myself, Deal for your prison release? Finish up your treatments? What the fuck? I heard the footsteps leaving. They walked past my hiding spot. I cracked open the door just to check out what was happening. I saw the backs of five men. The two men in the middle were carrying a man in a hospital gown. I assumed that was Jim. All five men were wearing black suits. They certainly didn't look like police officers. After they exited the school, I peeked outside the window and saw five blacked out SUVs. I ran back to my classroom and told my classmates what I saw and heard. They thought I was crazy. Our teacher told us that the lockdown was just a false alarm and nothing had happened. When I got home later that day, there was nothing about it on the news. I have no idea what happened or what I saw that day. I will now be posting new episodes every weekday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to follow the podcast to get notified when new episodes are released.